Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wheat Among the Tares, our live program here every Wednesday morning here on Gethsemane Global Radio. I want to thank you for joining us here today. Been such a blessing to have everybody aboard and trust that the program today will be a blessing to you. I want to remind you real quickly before we uh, go any further into the program, I want to remind you that I'd like for you to simply go to our contact page at ggrradio.net, and uh, I want you to request some uh, invitation to listen cards. They're just basically uh, business cards that I can send to you, and uh, you can hand those out to others that you think uh, would b- receive a blessing from Gethsemane Global Radio. And also request one of our uh, magnets for the refrigerator. And uh, when you go to get something to eat out of the refrigerator, you look and say, hey, I'm, I'm reminded that I need to pray for GGR Radio. I would love for you to do that. So remember, at the end of the program, go to our contact page and uh, just send us a quick note. I'll need an address so I can mail it to you. But send me an address and uh, promise you I won't share that with anybody. I'll just send this directly to you and hope it'll be, again, a means by which uh, we can get the word out about GGR Radio. With that in mind, I want to go to our special guest today. He is a, uh, a dear friend in the Lord. Uh, a brother in the Lord, and certainly a, a veteran Christian, number one, and has known the Lord for quite a while. I'm speaking of Brother Brian Gurley. Brother Gurley, welcome to Wheat Among the Tares, my brother. Thank you, Brother Lindsay. It's, it's a privilege to be here. Well, brother, I appreciate you joining us for the program today. This one's going to be a little bit different. And, uh, Brother Gurley, I know from the standpoint of it being that um, – uh, we are going to be talking about uh, your field of service when it comes to missions. But before we go to that, uh, and I will just explain to our folks a little bit about what's going on, because your particular field of service is a ser- field um, that is, uh, we don't want to make it known here on the broadcast because of, of security reasons, mainly for your family's sake. And, and for you as well, my brother. Um, but we want to try to keep that uh, within the confines of our conversation to give you as much information as we can, but also to protect this family as they will be going back to the mission field here in about uh, a two-week time period from the time that you're hearing this program today. Brother Brian, first of all, I want to get an idea of initially – uh, how God dealt with you about the ministry, uh, what God initially did once he saved your soul and uh, and touched your heart about ministering the gospel. How did that get started, first of all? Well, I got saved when I was 25 years old, and my wife had gotten saved six months before I did, and uh, we had already had our first child. 
And uh, I got saved and, and started going to an independent Baptist church. And then uh, the way the Lord started dealing with me is through my, through my morning devotions. It wasn't long after I got saved. And uh, I can remember one morning I'd get up early and get to the kitchen table and I would just sit there and, and pray and read. And I just act as if the Lord was sitting across the table. That's what I knew to do and or someone taught me to do it. And I was having devotions, and I, and I just remember one morning I was reading through a, actually through a devotion book. I'd read the Bible and read a devotion book and pray. And that morning, it, it was the devotion I read. I can't remember all about the devotion. I wouldn't even recommend the book that I was reading at the time. Uh, but I knew the Lord had dealt with my heart about doing something for him. And at the time, I thought it was, I thought it was be a missionary. And uh, I'm 44 now. I was 25 then. And uh, I thought it was to be a missionary. And so I was so excited. I remember going and waking my wife up early in the morning and saying, I think God's uh, called us to be missionaries. And here she is waking up. Like, what in the world are you talking about? We weren't <laughs> safe very long. And uh, we didn't go to the field then. God did uh, do something in my heart. And, and I was serving the Lord with bus ministry and things like that. And uh, I guess back then... I, I never, growing up, I never liked uh, standing in front of people. I, I always in school, I would, I would just refuse to get up in front of the class and do things like that. I, I just didn't like it, and made me really nervous. And so back then, I, I was quick to tell the Lord to, to go to the mission field, and I didn't know how it all worked. Uh, I thought you could just say I'd be a missionary, just go be a missionary, and stay behind the scenes, which was really what I, I liked to do. But uh, the Lord ended up calling me the pastor. And uh, so he worked in my heart then as I signed my devotions. And I told the Lord I'd be a missionary. But I never told the Lord that I would do anything. And I had to learn that, that God wasn't looking for a man just to say I'd be a missionary or be a pastor or something like that. He was looking for a man to say, Lord, I'll do anything. Uh, that you want me to do. And so a couple, maybe a year later, uh, I was in uh, a meeting in Georgia and Brother Jimmy Rose was preaching. And uh, I can, I hadn't thought about this in a long time, brother, but I can remember him preaching at this meeting and he was preaching on giving the Lord your all. And I can remember his wife sitting there in that meeting. And she was just so meek and quiet and nobody ever really talked about her. Brother Jimmy Rose pretty well known. And I, it, the Lord just pierced my heart about that woman. I mean, she just gave her life to do whatever was needed to, to help that man and to, and to be unknown and just do whatever. And so at that meeting, I can remember it was 2006, I believe it was. Uh, I remember going on the altar until the Lord it didn't matter anything, whether it was pastor and missionary, if it was being a deacon, if it was driving a UPS truck and just giving my money in the missions. I would do anything you want me to do. So that was, that was the start of that. Brother, of, of <clears throat> what a blessing. I, I, I kind of got a little bit moved just what you were saying with regard to um, the message you heard. But also here is Brother Jimmy Rose's wife sitting, and uh, she is just as much called, if we could use that word, as he was, and to be able to minister. And, um, you know, and Brother Brian, I, when we first 
talked about even doing this program for Weed Among the Tears, I just remember one of the things that so impressed my mind, and we've talked to other missionaries in the past as well, but we've we've talked about the call not only on the man who God is going to deal with, but also that the the call to be that help, that support, uh, and and God to enable that wife and God to enable the children to to be able to be as as much a part of that team. Um, it, it's it's certainly something that God has to work in the hearts of, of every one of the family. And I know the kids may be small enough, or I don't know how old your children are now, but um, you know, as as children get older, as as uh, a husband and wife grow closer together, maybe in the years, they start to under, understand each other even better. But God still has to do that work in order that a ministry on the field, be it the United States, wherever it may be, that they have to be in one accord and of one mind. And if they're not, brother, it's going to be a hindered thing. And, and I know you probably preached that yourself. Uh, but I'm very, very thankful. Let me just ask real quickly, before we go to the specifics of your field of service, um, you, you related a while ago how that you ran in and told your wife that you were called to be a missionary, and she was just kind of waking up. Um, it, through the years, has she awakened to that a lot more? Absolutely. Uh, she never really, honestly, she, you know, we meet missionary couples on deputation and we're pretty open, pretty honest. You know, if someone asks us a question, we try not to hide it and try not to make it sound better or worse. And, uh, to be honest, brother, my wife has never had a desire to be a missionary. She never, she never had that in her heart growing up. She didn't get saved till later. Uh, so she never really had that desire. Even when I pastored, uh, she even said before, you know, I've never had a desire to be a pastor's wife. And so what you said about God working in her heart, you know, some people split hairs about the calling, how God calls. Here's what I know is that that woman has to answer the call. It might not be directly from God. It might be from her husband. She still has to answer that. That's right. And, and be willing. I mean, she can go kicking and screaming or, or refuse. I mean, she has to answer that and say yes. And so every step of the way, my wife is just, you know, when she got saved, she she knew she was in trouble. She knew she was going to hell. She got saved. And then she knew I was in trouble. She got burdened over me, started praying for me. I got her conviction and got saved. But she didn't know the, the next steps of full-time ministry and now going, you know, to the other side of the world. And uh, But God has graciously worked in her heart. And she's just from the get-go with, with me as her husband. She's followed. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful. I think she has a place where she could talk to me and open up and be honest with me. But And so I know the struggles that she's had. But. She's been faithful to go, and I, and I believe God has given her grace, and she knows, she knows that that, that I try to follow the Lord, and, and she she trusts that, and she's taken every step with me, and God's done, I mean, so many things that specifically I can talk about how God's worked in her heart and helped her, help her just take each step with me and beside me, and 
been a tremendous help to me. Brother, what a testimony. Uh, certainly, um, and those that are listening right now to this broadcast, and I know we have touched on that subject briefly, maybe with uh, several other missionaries, but honestly, uh, Brother Brian, not to the depth that you just explained. And um, I, I can't uh, I can't say enough about specifically the points that you just brought out, how that God over a period of time worked in your wife's heart. Uh, and to build that trust simply because of the fact that, number one, she trusts your leadership uh, in the family, and number two, you're listening to the voice of the Lord, and and that has to be an intimate trust. And uh, and if not, it's, it's going to be a breach whereby Satan can certainly get a foothold and really do some damage with regard to the call on a man's life specifically. And, uh, brother, thank you so much just for sharing that point alone uh, with our listeners. And I trust that uh, as they have heard those words already, that uh, they have been blessed by what they have heard. Brother Brian, let's shift gears now, if we could. And um, once uh, God dealt with you, first of all, about salvation, God saved you. Uh, he involved you in some ministry uh, in the pastorate. Uh, brother, how long did you pastor? I uh, pastored for 10 years in North Carolina. Okay. Once, uh, it, during the course of the pastorate there, uh, obviously the Lord began to deal with you about uh, the field and things, uh, a foreign field, should I say, and things that um, maybe heretofore uh, you had not exactly entertained the thought. Uh, tell me how the Lord began to uh, deal with you specifically about a foreign field. Well, I've always loved missions uh, from the get-go. My dad carried me on some trips when I was young, so I've always loved, you know, missionaries. And I guess I was about eight years in of the pastorate, and uh, I was in a meeting in Florida and ran into a missionary that our home church supported. And uh, I didn't know this missionary, but he was well-known amongst our church. And uh, he had come back pastors and then he was going back to the field again so he was on deputation again for a second time and when i met him i asked him if he you know if he's ever in the area please come please come by our church and so he did and when he came uh there were several things or a couple things working uh one is that i had in my heart a desire to go see a missionary or go on a mission trip, I was either going to take our, you know, try to get a group together to go or just go me and my wife and go see a, a, a missionary on the field. So I had that desire. And, uh, and then when this missionary come through, God, I can't, there's no way I could express to you how God knitted our hearts together. And, you know, anybody that's pastor knows that as missionaries come through your, the church is knitted closer to some than others. But this couple that came through, uh, his wife and my wife and, and he and I, we just immediately hit it off. And so here I am desiring to go see a missionary or go, go on a trip. God's knitting our hearts together. Uh, honestly, when I pastored, we didn't have a lot of extra money. And so 
I didn't really have money to go anywhere. And once I started praying about where to go, God, I mean, within a week, here come about $3,000 in the mail that I wasn't even expecting. And uh, so God sent the money in. I, I had a desire. Here come this missionary couple. Well, they needed to go overseas to, to do some things to get set up for when they get there, when they arrive. And God so knitted our hearts together that they asked us if we would like to go with them to uh, to South Asia there. And we had never been on that side of the world. And we knew it was, I mean, we felt it was the will of God. And so we, we went with them over there uh, to see that country. And uh, God didn't deal with us about going there, but that was the beginning of the Lord starting to call us to that country, just through that missionary coming through. Interesting how that God in his, in his uh, grace and in his providence uh, puts things together, knits things together, people, times. Uh, it's all in his hands, brother Brian, to start with. And uh, certainly the, uh, how God pieces things together for his purpose and his plan. Um, once that seed, if, if I can use that word, was planted in your heart concerning uh, the foreign field, um, I, I know that in and of itself, and I, I've been to foreign field myself a number of times, um, I know that plants almost an excitement in the sense of uh, new uh, new horizons, uh, new coasts that are opening up. And I know that brought an excitement to you. But at the same time, brother, it also brings a startling reality that if this is where uh, this particular field of service in, in South Asia now, it is going to be a total change uh, of your life, of your wife's life, your children's lives, uh, your culture, everything is getting ready to change. And when you face that, um, let me ask you, so how did you initially start to deal with that? How did they digest that information? And what did God do to help you understand that that was where you were going? Okay, well, and, and to add to what you just said, brother, is that my pastor – my pastor always said to me, just, he was so wise. I'm so thankful for a wise pastor, but he always instilled to me, just, just bloom where you're planted, just bloom where you're planted. And we've always tried to just wherever we are, just try to minister where we are, not worry so much about the next step and just today serve God and let God take care of all the others. And he's, he's used that for us before we ever I started pastoring. We, we tried to bloom there at our local church and then here come an open door and our pastor sent us out there. We never, you know, we never sent out resumes or even the candidate. We just tried to just serve the Lord daily. Amen. And God opened that. And the same with this, with, with this thing of, of missions is that I didn't ever really want to be a pastor. I knew God led us that way. And so, and then once you're there, you think you're going to pastor the rest of your life. So, when we go on this trip, I wasn't looking to leave our church. Our church, honestly, in 10 years, was in the best shape it had ever been spiritually and great services. And 
it was not a time that we were wanting to leave. Nothing was going on in the church. So we go on this trip, not looking to leave the church. But in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm always thinking of back, back a long time ago when I sit at that kitchen table and I felt like, you know, missions have always been in my heart. And so we're riding through this country. We got the work done that they need to do, but we did a lot of touring the country and, and taking a look at the whole thing and scouting it out, surveying. And so you're driving through these towns and these people, there's people, that this place, just millions of people. And every time you go through, I mean, people walk around like ants and no churches, no, uh, no churches. And so, you know, there's the need. And so I'm riding and and talking to the lord and just you know lord if you if you if you'd want us to go we'd be willing to go and uh, we're not looking to go but if you want us to and i'd i pray that way the whole, the whole two weeks we were there and the lord knows when we got on the plane to leave not one time not not one inkling not one percent did i ever think god was calling us there and i had been on other trips before where when i'm leaving i'm begging god to let me go because i know they need another preacher and this place was not it. it. It was different. And my wife even made the statement on the plane on the way back. She says, I really, if we don't ever come back here, it would be okay with me. And so many different things for my wife and the the sanitary <laughs> conditions sure. are different. Uh, the spiritual darkness. It was just, just a different place. So when we came back on the plane, honestly, I thought, well, I might come see him one time or something like that. But, and, you know, she'll probably change her mind just want to visit. But, you know, I thought that was just a good trip. I mean, we chalked it up as a great trip. Praise the Lord for it. And we got back to it and got back here and started preaching. And, and the way the Lord dealt with us, I'm so thankful for it, is, again, he just started working our hearts through morning devotions. And it had been a few weeks. It might have even been a couple months. And... It's in my mind, it's the way I remember it on, on a Monday morning, I'm having my devotions and I, I read something and immediately I, I thought about the place that we had been and, and it heavy on my heart. I mean, it's, you know, when God speaks, yes, when sir. he highlights the words on the page Amen. called your attention to something in the scriptures and he did that. And I dismissed it because I thought, well, we went on that trip and I've been thinking about it, seeing pictures of it and dismissed it. Well, Tuesday was the same way, Wednesday. And it was so heavy on my heart Wednesday night when I'm preaching to my congregation. I'm thinking about this other country. I didn't tell them that, but I was thinking about this other country and weeping and crying and preaching. And and then it kept on Thursday and Friday. And I'm thinking by Friday, man, this is not just me being emotional. And uh, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention, I hadn't said anything to my wife or anything. And uh, I, we went on a date that weekend and I took her out. And while we're out, I said, I, I, I said, Deb, I said, I, I can't get that place off my mind. Every morning I'm reading, it's something. I'm trying not to think about it, trying to, you know, look at other things. And, and I just can't get it off my heart. And she told me that starting that Monday, God had been doing the same thing in her heart. And every morning she was reading and, and she just couldn't get it off her mind. And, and right then and there, we knew, we knew God was dealing Amen. Uh, with us. So Lord, you used his word to do that. God bless your brother. Um, what is what a great a great testimony of the spirit of God to work in a man and a woman's heart uh, get concerning getting His word to a people that certainly, Brother Brian, as you well know, would never ever hear 
unless somebody is sent. As Romans 10 says, and how shall they hear except they be sent? And uh, boy, I'm sure glad the Lord touched your heart and the heart of your wife to go and lay aside the comforts of what you were experiencing there. I find it very interesting that this was a place that, brother, as, as we would say, your flesh did not desire to go there. But the Spirit of God sure desired for you to go there. And um, if you're just joining us, let me just stop here just a second. We're talking to Brother Brian Gurley. He is a missionary to South Asia. We cannot mention the name of the country, but we want to uh, let you know about this particular ministry, Brother Brian, and certainly that um, as he has already shared some information with us concerning this, I'm going to ask you, uh, Brother Brian, if you would, just a few pertinence about um, the specifics of the country um, as far as I'm sure it's religious, uh, you know, Asian countries, they are all religious. They all, what are they predominantly there? What, what do they follow? Uh, predominantly it's a, it's a Buddhist country. Uh, there's a lot of Hinduism, uh, some Muslim and about the same Catholicism. So that will be the major, the major four. our area that we're in, uh, will be mostly Hindus. And certainly the the war that's waged uh, by Satan against the light of the gospel, certainly I know you have experienced that firsthand. Um, I, I know we, uh, we spoke very briefly before we went on the air here. Uh, you had mentioned that you had just returned and that you anticipate going uh, back uh, to the field with here in a couple of weeks. Let me ask you, as we come kind of to the close of our program here, um, a couple of prayer requests that I want you just maybe off the cuff, things that we can pray for, those that are listening can pray for, uh, because that's part of what Wheat Among the Tares is for, is to allow our listeners that they can pray for uh, pastors and missionaries, those that are going on the foreign field. So, Brother Brian, if you would, just share just maybe a, a, a request or two that's foremost on your heart, and uh, then we'll take a moment to pray with you concerning those. So share that, if you would, with us. Okay. The, the two the two that I have and that I've had, and this this is just the truth. This is where we are. It's, the place we, we're going or that we've been, you, you can't go out and street preach. Uh, because you can't go in as a missionary. Uh, you have to go in as a tourist. Uh, there's a language barrier. We are learning the language. We're able to talk with people. Uh, but but these these people, you know, they didn't, they, they've never had the gospel. They never had the Bible. So starting with this, with this group of people, you, you really have to start with creation. If you go in as an American, they're going to, they think you're you're rich and you're a way to get out of the country and so really anything you tell them or offer them they're really quick to accept and nod their head and do anything that you ask and especially if you came in and said uh here's here's jesus he is god 
although the Catholics have heard of Jesus, but they're so wrapped up in idolatry, they would just take Jesus and stick him on the shelf and put him beside Buddha and beside all the other thousands of Hindu gods. And so it's, it's not as if you could just go and start knocking doors and give people the Romans road. They're going to bow their head and get saved. It's going to take a lot of time and a lot of teaching and then overcoming all the the hurdles of, of language. For instance, I, I've witnessed to, to several there preach, and they don't have a word for sin. And, and so... This overcoming those hurdles is going to take time. So with all that being said, the, the first thing we honestly, truly need is wisdom. Because you can't just go out there and mass, uh, pass out tracks. Uh, you know, you can't just go stay on the street corner and just pass out tracks. Because if you, if you hand that track to the wrong person or word gets back to a government official that you're there doing what we're doing, uh, they they will make you leave and will not renew your visa yeah. at, at very best. And we do know a couple that has been uh, revoked, not get in. So th- that takes a lot of wisdom to know how much truth, when it's just the wrong person at the wrong time and, and from a not being able to come back perspective. So wisdom is a big thing. And then also how to go about presenting truth is, you know, to get to the gospel, it's going to take some time and wisdom. And and the second one, and I know these are spiritual requests, and I'm not trying to sound no, really. like we don't have other needs, but Amen. honestly, the, the pressure for us, the pressure for us on a daily basis is to make sure that we're that we're fruitful and and filled with God's spirit, because that's they get to see that every day. And, and we might not be able to witness to every person that we come across and stay on the street corner. But as, as we go out and, and every day we're out and trying to meet people and talk to people and learn culture every day while we're out, if we're fruitful, they can, they can see that. Yes. And they don't have that. that that's the fruit of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the, the whole nine. If we have that in our lives, I mean, we're wanting to, you know, they need a preacher and, and we have to give it. We're not talking about this lifestyle evangelism where we're not going to preach. But until we're able to connect all that, being fruitful on a daily basis to me, that's that's the biggest pressure we have outside of surviving. And if, if you would pray for that, I, I, the rest falls into place. But I, the wisdom and, and being filled with God's spirit to be fruitful is the two. It's the two things I desire more than anything for our family. Well put, my brother. Indeed, well put. And for those of you who are listening, I pr- trust that you jotted those down for Brother Brian and certainly that uh, he uh, and his wife and uh, his children would um, be uh, blessed of the Lord. Let's, as our custom is here on Wheat Among the Tears, we always take a time to pray with those that we have on the air with us. So if you're listening, pray with us, if you would, as we go to the Lord in prayer. Now, Father, certainly I have richly enjoyed this conversation today already, and it's been a blessing to my soul. And uh, these two things that Brother Brian has brought to our attention, uh, Lord, first of all, for wisdom for him, I pray for him. 
uh, Lord Solomon, in all of his asking, could have asked the Lord for a lot of things, but uh, Brother Brian has asked for wisdom and how to deal uh, with the people there and uh, how to present uh, the gospel in such a way uh, that, Lord, it wouldn't be just uh, a story, but it would be an absolute change in these in the lives of those that hear about who, Lord, you really are. And, Lord, I pray for their fruitfulness. I pray, Lord, for strength for them day by day as they will walk among these people there, and that, God, that they would walk spirit-filled, and that those people would witness uh, the, the change of heart and the change in what you have done in Brother Brian and his wife and his family. And I pray, Lord, that they would see uh, the glory of the gospel of God in the face of Jesus Christ, as Paul wrote. God, give them, I pray, much strength for their labors and Lord's souls for their labors as well. Thank you for this opportunity to speak to Brother Brian, and thank you, Lord, for his willingness to go and to obey uh, the call upon his life. And I pray your good hand of mercy be upon his family. Thanking you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Brother Brian Gurley, thank you so much for joining us on Wheat Among the Tears. Brother, it's been a true honor and a blessing to have you aboard here, and we trust God's richest blessings upon you. It's been an honor. Thank you, brother. God bless you, my brother. You too. Well, I want to thank you for joining us for our program today and trust that you will pray for us here. May the Lord bless you.